Is it true that the Palestinians living within Israel are an oppressed and persecuted people? Is it true that Israel is an apartheid state? These are serious allegations that are made against Israel every day, even by the United Nations. Are they true or are they myths? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Last week, my colleague Nathan Jones and I began countering myths about the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. In the process, we focused on two issues. First, the claim that the Jewish people stole the land of Palestine from the Palestinians, and therefore they have no rightful title to it. And second, the claim that the Jewish people have no historical or legal claim to Jerusalem as their capital. We concluded that both of these claims are total myths, and we presented the case for the biblical, historical, and legal right of the Jewish people to the ownership of the land of Israel and Jerusalem as its capital. In the process, we pointed out that there has never been a Palestinian state and that Jerusalem has never been the capital of any nation except Israel. And folks, if you missed that program, you can find it on our website at lamblion.com or YouTube channel. This week, we want to take a look at another myth that is being used to garner support for the Palestinians among our nation's college and university students. It is the claim that the Palestinian people are being persecuted and oppressed by the Israelis, and that Israel is in effect an apartheid state that keeps Jews and Arabs separated in all aspects of life. What about it, Nathan? Well, I had to look up the word apartheid because growing up, I always heard about South Africa, how South Africa was, in other words, the blacks and the whites were totally separate and not allowed to do anything. Now, you've been to Israel 45 times and I've only been three, but I don't remember a single time I've gone there where I've seen the Arabs or the Palestinians living there treated separately. There's what, 1.4 million Palestinians yes. out of the 7 million people living in Israel, and they have all the same rights. They can ride on the same buses. They, they can join the military, although the Arabs get the option do it, whereas the Jews have to do it for three years. I saw them. Our tour guide was Jewish. Our bus driver was Arab. They bickered like brothers, <laughs> but but they they do businesses together. They live in neighborhoods together. There is no apartheid in Israel. Well, not only have I been to Israel 45 times, I've also been to South Africa twice, okay. and for extensive periods of time of evangelizing and teaching. And I saw apartheid firsthand. Okay. I saw the absolute rigid separation of races there. there. There is nothing like that in Israel. Never has been in Israel. Uh, an Arab who lives in Israel is a citizen of the state, and he has all the rights of any person, uh, a Jew in the state. Right to welfare, uh, right to uh, work, uh, you, you just name it. I, uh, ride a bus, whatever. There is, there is no such thing as apartheid in Israel. In fact, the irony of all this argument about apartheid is that the true apartheid exists in all the Arab states yes, who are absolutely. condemning Israel for apartheid. It is the Arab states that will not even allow a Jew to live in the state. Can you imagine that? You go to an Arab state and you don't even allowed to be there if you're Jewish people, but they accuse Israel of it. After the 1956 Suez War, okay. The Arab nations ejected all the Jews from their nations. And they did it overnight. 
I had a friend who was living in a uh, Jewish friend who lived in uh, in Cairo, very wealthy family. They had a mansion, and they were just told, "You must leave overnight your house, your cars, your bank account, everything. Overnight, you get out of this nation, or you're dead." And they had to flee to Israel. There were over one million refugees of Israel, Israelis from all over the Middle East that fled, and Israel, the tiny nation of Israel, absorbed them. And yet, the irony is that. The so-called refugees of the Six-Day War, which is about a million, or who are Arabs, have never been absorbed by the Arab states. They, they won't absorb them. They won't take them. They want to keep them in filthy camps so that they can use them as a pawn to say to the world, look how we're being treated. Right, right. And I think there's a cultural work ethic there too. I mean, for instance, the Jewish quarter and, and all is very clean and neat. Oh, yeah. The Jewish people are very clean, neat people. The Arabs, they have a more laid back culture and it, it tends to be more run down and, and dirty. And so visitors will come and say, oh, you know, the Arabs are kept in squalor. No, it's just, it's like going downtown Detroit versus uptown. You know, there's a difference in there. But the freedoms of the people, that the, the Palestinians, Israel, they have the same freedom of religion, of speech, of press. They can even run for office and they serve in in the, Knesset, in the Knesset, in the Parliament. Can yeah. you imagine some that Arab country allowing a Jew state. to serve in the Parliament? And yet the Arab countries accuse Israel of apartheid. Yes. I'll yeah. tell you, it's, it's just unbelievable the kind of propaganda that exists on the world scene in the, and, and even the media that knows it's a lie uses it anyway. It's all that about hatred of the Jews. Hate. Ooh, that's true. Satan hates the Jews with a passion because they are the chosen people of God and because through them God gave the Word and through them He gave the Messiah and He has determined to destroy every Jew on planet earth. That's what the Holocaust was all about. And Zechariah says that during the Great Tribulation he's going to try to do it again and he'll succeed in killing two-thirds of the Jewish people. But praise God he's going to preserve a remnant to the end who will accept Jesus as their Messiah. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our discussion of popular myths concerning the nation of Israel. We have been talking about whether or not the Palestinians living within Israel are terribly persecuted as the world claims. And we have been making the point that this claim is a total myth. Currently there are about 7.5 million people living in Israel. Six million of those are Jews. 1,400,000 are Arabs. So, the world's claim that Israel practices apartheid and therefore those 1.5 million Arabs are mistreated in many ways is just pure hokum. I'd like to show you an outstanding video on this subject that was produced by Prager University. The spokesperson on the video is a lady named Olga Mishu. She is a South African who grew up under apartheid. She also knows a lot about life in Israel. Maybe you've heard someone say, that Israel is an apartheid state, that Israel has a policy of segregating and oppressing the minority population within its borders, like South Africa once did. Maybe you've been so outraged by this information that you have considered joining the BDS movement, the effort to boycott, divest, and sanction Israel until it ends its alleged racist policies. I don't blame you. Apartheid is a great evil and deserves to be fought wherever we find it. But here's the thing, you won't find apartheid in the State of Israel. So, I'll put it bluntly, the BDS movement is a slick propaganda effort built on lies. I think I have the credibility to make this claim. Having grown up in South Africa and having spent a fair amount of time in Israel, 
I know what apartheid is and what it is not. My parents were raised under real apartheid, where blacks were, by law, separated from whites at every level, from education to drinking fountains. Blacks couldn't vote, couldn't own land, couldn't live next to or use the same transportation system as whites. I remember my father telling me about how my grandfather was kicked and humiliated in public by a young white boy. All he was permitted to say was, please stop, little boss. That was the world my family lived in. That was the world of apartheid South Africa. But in Israel, the law is colorblind. Israeli Arabs have the same rights as Israeli Jews. They ride the same buses, study in the same schools, and are treated in the same hospitals. Arabs are elected to Israel's parliament, serve as judges, and fight in the Israeli military. On my first trip to Israel, the group I was with had a Jewish tour guide and an Arab bus driver. Imagine our surprise having heard that Israel is an apartheid state. This would have been inconceivable in apartheid South Africa. All these things would be self-evident to anyone who did any kind of actual research, or even better, visited Israel, something I encourage everyone to do. BDS doesn't want you to research or visit Israel. It depends on the ignorance of its audience. Sadly, on American college campuses, BDS has a significant presence. It succeeds by playing on the good intentions of good people through deliberate deception. In short, they lie. And lies really make me angry because lies empower evil. Lies about blacks empowered apartheid in South Africa. Lies about Jews made the Holocaust possible. And lies about Israel are misleading a lot of good-hearted young people into opposing the only country in the entire Middle East that doesn't segregate and oppress its minority population. Just ask the next Egyptian Copt or Iraqi Christian you meet on campus. So the question people should really be asking is, what does the BDS movement want? The answer is simple. They want to destroy Israel. They can't do it militarily, so they try to do it through lies. They say that Jews have no historic claim to Israel. Lie. They say that Israel treats its Arabs as second-class citizens. Lie. They say that Israel doesn't want peace with its Arab neighbors. Lie. If you tell lies and you tell them often enough, people who don't know the truth start to believe them. The BDS movement's leaders barely tried to hide the charade. They will lie and say that they only want a Palestinian state living side by side with Israel. And then they say this, we oppose a Jewish state in any part of Palestine. Ending the occupation doesn't mean anything if it doesn't mean upending the Jewish state itself. That's from Omar Boguti, a founder of BDS. Boguti lives in Israel, so you might expect that he said this from inside an Israeli prison like Nelson Mandela during South Africa apartheid. You would be wrong. Boguti is a PhD student at Israel's Tel Aviv University, where he enjoys the same rights as every Israeli. 
My parents could only dream of that kind of freedom. Is Israel a perfect country? No. There are as many perfect countries as there are perfect people. But to call it an apartheid state is not only an insult to the only democracy in the Middle East and the only country with equal rights for all its minorities, it's also an insult to the actual victims of apartheid, like my parents and all those who suffered under it. I'm Olga Mishra for Prager University. Welcome back to our discussion of myths concerning Israel. I want to thank Prager University for giving us permission to broadcast the video you just saw. They have produced many such outstanding videos, and you can find them on their website at PragerU.com. Now, folks, if you don't believe what Dr. Reagan and I have to say about Arab freedom in Israel, and if you find it difficult to believe the Prager video, then take a look at this next video clip we have for you. It shows an Israeli Arab woman being interviewed on an Arab television station. Listen to her response to the claim that Israel is an apartheid state. هاي مكتوب في وثيقة الاستقلال إنه إسرائيل دولة ديمقراطية فيها أقليات أقليات عرب مسلمين أقليات عرب دروز أقليات وإلى آخره وبتشبع شو معنى دولة ديمقراطية دولة ديمقراطية إنها هاي الدولة بتحترم شعبها بتحترم الناس اللي عايشي فيها بتعطيهم حق إنهم يمارسوا دياناتهم بتعطيهم حق إنه يتعلموا إنه يشتغلوا إنه ينتخبوا إنه يصيروا قضاء محامين وأعضاء كناسة ويتحدثون في البرلمان عن كل ما هم ويعطيك حق الحرية وين موجودة هاي إسرائيل والله دولة ديمقراطية كيف؟ إنها هاي الدولة معطيتك بلاتفورما تحكي فيها أنت كإعلام اليوم اللي بروسيا مش معتية أي إعلام يحكي ضدها أو يحكي ضد الحكم هاي اسمها دولة ديمقراطية إنه أنا اليوم كديمة ممكن إنه أشتغل بأي شغل بناسب شو أنا عملت بحياتي الشغل يعني الأماكن اللي متاح فيها إني أنا أشتغل ممكن لأي عربي يفوت عليها ويشتغل زي أي يهودي أنا بتمنى لكل الدول أو المواطنين العرب أو المجتمعات العربية بتمنى لها دولة ديمقراطية مثل دولة إسرائيل أنت شو بتعرفي حالك؟ أنا بعرف حالي عربية مسلمة أحمل الجنسية الإسرائيلية أفتخر في نفسي وفي ديني وأفتخر أني عايشة بدولة بتحترمني وبتعطيني حقوقي وبتسنح لي إيش الحقوق اللي أنا أخذتها؟ إيش الحقوق اللي أنت ما أخذها؟ عيد سمع أفدانك أنت قاعد عندك الحق أنك تبدي رأيك شو أنا بمثل كمان مرة أنا ما بخصني بالسياسة ولا بخصني في أي حزب أنا بخصني اليوم بواقعنا أني أنا أشوف الحقيقة الحقيقة اللي شاءوا أم أباءوا إحنا بدنا نشوفها يا ريت نبدأ 
نتطلع على الامور المنيحه اللي, اللي موجوده بهي الدوله يا ريت نبدا نتعايش يا ريت نبدا نحب بعض فيش احتلال بس لا لا ما في انا باعتبار انا مش عايشه في احتلال في دوله اسرائيل أوكي. انا يحق لي كثير حقوق ديمقراطيه بتمنى نبدا نتعايش ونبدا نتقدم ونبدا نرتقي بحديثنا وبتعليقاتنا ونبدا نسعى لانه ننجح ونفتح عينينا انه احنا عايشين بدوله ديمقراطيه بتحترم شعبها وبتعطيه وبتسمح له كثير حقوق وانا امثل نفسي كاقليه في دوله اسرائيل ولست سياسيه ابدا انا افتخر اني اوقف واحكي عن دوله اسرائيل وإني أنا جزء لا يتجزأ منها أتمنى لكل الدول العربية إنها تتبنى نظام ديمقراطي مثل دولة إسرائيل وبدي أحيطك علما إنه إنه خمس أكثر من تسعين بالمية مش خمسين بالمية من الفلسطينيين ومن غزة بتمنوا لو إنهم هم عايشين تحت هذا النظام And folks, lest you think that what you just saw was the testimony of just a secular, non-observant Arab, let me show you a video clip shot in Israel in front of the Israeli Parliament building. It contains the testimony of a Muslim observant woman named Sarah Zaabi. Name Sarah Zaabi, Arabic Muslim Israeli Sahuniy. أقصد بها شأنني أؤمن بحق الشعب اليهودي بأن يكون لهم وطن قومي على الأرض المقدسة التي وعد ووهبها الله لهم وهذا حقهم الشرعي والتاريخي والديني الذي نصت عليه الديانات السماوية الثلاث دولتي هنا منذ 3000 سنة بالرغم من أن شعبها عانى الويلات عبر التاريخ من اضطهاد وتشريد وقتل واحتلال وبلغ هذا الأمر ذروته بأبشع جريمة عرفتها الإنسانية إلا وهي الهولوكوست التي راح ضحيتها ست ملايين يهودي بريء لا ذنب لهم سوى أنهم يهود إسرائيل هنا لتبقى وأنا هنا لأعلن وبكل ما أتيت من قوة وبكل ما أملك من جوارحي أن قصة عشقي وولائي وانتمائي هي قصة عشق لا تنتهي كيف لا؟ وأنا لا أشعر بأي تمييز كوني مسلمة وأتمتع بكافة حقوق المدنية والدينية وأحظى بالاحترام والتقدير مع أنه للأسف الشديد تتعرض بلادي الحبيبة بين الفترة والأخرى لهجمات من إرهاب إسلامي أعمى لا يميز بين جنس ولا طائفة إسرائيل هذه الدولة الصغيرة الحجم العظيمة بإنجازاتها ما أروع الكلام صدر من القلب وما أجمل الحب إن كان حباً للوطن أبحث عن الكلمات والمفردات لأصف لكم قصة عشقي الذي لا ينتهي بيني وبين دولة إسرائيل فتخونني العبارات وأقف مدهوشة أمام جلال وعظمة دولتي ولحظات لا توصف عندما أقف منتصبة بشموخ أمام علم دولتي وأشعر بقشاريرة الفخر والاعتزاز عندما أسمع النشيد الوطني لبلدي هتقفى الأمل نعم يوجد أمل ترابك دولتي شمسك بحرك هوائك علمني أصول الحب التصقي بي ضميني فقلبي لا يحتمل بعدك فأنت دولة في زمن من الصعب أن تتكرر قاطعوك أدانوك حاربوك هاجموك 
أليس عار على كل عربي ومسلم أن تنطلق صرخة من قلب امرأة إسرائيلية تستجدي ضمائرهم التي ماتت وهي تشاهد نهر الدم الذي يسير كل يوم باسم الدين في سوريا والعراق أليس عار عليهم أن يقوم اليهود والإسرائيليين بجمع التبرعات لضحايا الحرب في سوريا وهم يعيشون بطرف لا حدود له أليس عار عليهم أن تستقبل دولة إسرائيل آلاف الجرحى السوريين في المستشفيات الإسرائيلية وهم يغلقون حدودهم في وجوههم ومقابل هذا يصفون إسرائيل أنها دولة احتلال وعنصرية وتنتهك حقوق الإنسان بينما لا يوجد في بلدانهم الحد الأدنى من حقوق الإنسان الكلام في وصف معشوقتي لا ينتهي ولكن أدعو ربي في عيد قيام الدولة أن يحفظ دولتي أرضاً وشعباً وقيادة كل عام وأنت الحب إسرائيل كل عام وأنت المجد والخلود كل عام وأنت بتقدم وازدهار أقسمت أن أخلص لك قولاً وفعلاً يا حافظة لكرامتي وحقوقي تحيا إسرائيل ويحيا شعب إسرائيل Welcome back to our discussion of myths about Israel. Well, folks, I hope you are getting a clear picture of what hogwash it is to accuse Israel of apartheid. In reality, it is the Arab nations that practice apartheid because they will not even allow Jews to live in their countries. Well, we have another video clip for you to consider. It was shot at a meeting of the United Nations Human Rights Council, the group most responsible for making untrue and even irrational accusations against Israel. Watch as nation after nation accuses Israel of apartheid, and then watch the faces of the representatives when a surprise speaker suddenly speaks up. Here's Musab Hussan Yosef, a Palestinian who is the son of the founder of the Palestinian terrorist group called Hamas. Israel, the occupying power, continues with its colonial policy and its daily violations. It continues to abuse, to arbitrarily detain, to carry out ethnic cleansing, steal land and natural resources, uproot trees, steal money, Israeli activity to Judaize Jerusalem, demolition of homes, confiscation of land and property, spoiling of natural resources. Racist violations, by Israel. Israel continues to commit various forms of human rights violations in Palestine. Israel, the occupying power, is advancing in its efforts of mass colonization and continued apartheid, put an end to this colonialist regime. Apartheid, atrocities, and massive destruction inflicted on the Palestinian people. War crimes, crimes against humanity, ethnic cleansing, and state terror. Thank you, United Nations Watch. Shukran, Sayyid Rais. I take the floor on behalf of the UN Watch. My name is Musab Hassan Youssef. I grew up in Ramallah as a member of Hamas. I address the words to the Palestinian Authority, which claims to be the sole legitimate representative of the Palestinian people. I ask, where does your leg legitimacy come from? The Palestinian people did not elect you, and they did not appoint you to represent them. You are self-appointed. Your accountability is not to your own people, this is evidenced by your own total violation for their human rights. In fact, the Palestinian individual and their human development is the least of your concerns. 
You kidnap Palestinian students from campus and torture them in your jails. You torture your political rivals. The suffering of the Palestinian people is the outcome of your selfish political interest. You are the greatest enemy of the Palestinian people. If Israel did not exist, you would have no one to, to blame. Take responsibility for the outcome of your own actions. You fan the flames of conflict to maintain your abusive power. Finally, you use this platform to mislead the international community, to mislead the Palestinian society, to believe that Israel is responsible for the problems you create. Thank you. Well, folks, how's that for a surprise? You know, folks, Adolf Hitler's propaganda minister, Joseph Goebbels, once said, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. And that is exactly what Satan is motivating the world to do regarding Israel. Satan hates the Jewish people with a passion. As I said before, he hates them because they are the chosen people of God. And through them, God gave us the Scriptures and the Messiah. And the Scriptures make it clear that God intends to bring a great remnant of the Jewish people to belief in Jesus as their Messiah when He returns to this earth at His second coming. Satan does not want to see a single Jew saved. He tried to annihilate them in the Holocaust. He's going to try again in the Great Tribulation when the book of Zechariah says that two-thirds of the Jews will die. That is the reason that he is orchestrating all the nations of the world against them today. And that is the reason for all the myths concerning Israel. They are designed to turn the world against the Jewish people. But that will all change when Jesus returns. Bible prophecy says He will regather all believing Jews back to Israel and make that nation the prime nation in the world. He will reign from Jerusalem over the world, and the world will be flooded with peace, righteousness, and justice as the waters cover the seas. The blessings flowing to all the world through the Jewish people at that time will be so great that the prophet Zechariah says that when a Jew walks by, ten Gentiles will grab his robe and say, Let us walk with you, for we know that God is with you. Psalm 122, 6 says that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So when you do so, you're really praying for the return of Jesus because the Bible reveals that there will be no peace for Jerusalem until Jesus, the Prince of Priests, returns to reign there. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you. The Lord willing, I hope you'll be back with us again next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Did you know that end time Bible prophecy focuses on Israel? And thus, if you want to understand what is going on in the world today and what is going to happen in the immediate future, you need to know what the Bible says about the Jewish people and their nation. Dr. Reagan's book, Israel and Bible Prophecy, Past, Present, and Future, presents a sweeping overview of what the Bible says about Israel and the Jewish people in the end times. The book looks first at four end time prophecies fulfilled before the beginning of the 20th century, specifically the dispersion of the Jewish people worldwide, their persecution wherever they went, their miraculous preservation, and the desolation of their land. Then Dr. Reagan shifts his attention to the seven prophecies that were fulfilled in whole or in part during the 20th century. The regathering of the Jews to their homeland, the reestablishment of the state of Israel, the revival of the Hebrew language, the reclamation of the land of Israel, the resurgence of the Israeli military, the reoccupation of the city of Jerusalem, 
and the refocusing of world politics on Israel. Finally, Dr. Reagan concludes the book by focusing on the end-time prophecies yet to be fulfilled among the Jewish people. The book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. And as a bonus, we will send you a complimentary copy of one of our most popular video albums titled The End Time Focus on Israel. Both the book and the video can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including shipping. Again, place your order either by calling the number you see on the screen or access our website at lamblion.com. Ask for offer number 820. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb and Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus' soon return. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.